Amen. Okay. I, I talked about that and I thought, okay, so how do we, how do we do that? And the Lord began to speak to me. He says, you have to have a foundation. You have to have a foundation in what you do. And how do you get your foundation? You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. And so I want to talk to you tonight about keeping your eyes on Jesus. I only have three points. I'm not going to keep you long. Um, but I really want you to take this, meditate on this, and, and just mull it over in your heart and in your mind and begin to let it be life to you. Um, my first point is build your house on a solid foundation. Amen. That's Matthew seven twenty four. Let's go to Matthew seven twenty four. Amen. I'm gonna start at uh I'll start twenty four. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, the rain comes in torrents and flood water rises and the wind beats against the house. It won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Then it goes on to talk about the person that does not build his house. But I want to talk about building our foundation. And so I looked up bedrock. I thought, okay, what is bedrock? Okay, what is that? And, and I was fascinated to find out that the earth is bedrock. That under all the soil and all the sediments and under the ocean and in, in, uh, it, it's bedrock. And bedrock is, is solid rock. Solid rock. It's not cracked. It is solid. And so if you dig down far enough, you will hit bedrock at some point. Okay, the ocean, the whole floor of the ocean is bedrock. It is only sediment of sand and minerals and stuff on top of it. But if you dig down, it's bedrock. Okay, so that's pretty solid. Amen. I mean, that's that's unmovable, unshakable. It's solid. And and he's referencing that as a picture of Christ to build your foundation on Christ. He's unmovable. He doesn't change. He's there. He's here. He's solid. If you build your house on a solid foundation, then if the winds come and the storms come, then, then you won't collapse. You, you won't see destruction in your life because you've built your house on bedrock. You've built it on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. So he's likening the bedrock to Jesus Christ and the greatness of his stability. There's a stability when we build our house on Christ. Amen. So we go to the second half. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Wow. You know, and we read that and, and sometimes I don't think we really think about what it's saying. It's telling you uh, in, in, in this, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Now, I want to, to clarify something here. I think that we have beat down people so much, you know, that they think if they're not perfect, that God is not going to bless them or be there for them. He didn't ask you to be perfect. He asked you to be willing. Okay, uh, if you are striving for perfection, you will drive yourself crazy and you'll be one of the people that are always thinking one minute I'm going to heaven, the next minute I'm going to hell. Okay, he's not asking you to be perfect. Okay, amen. Although I am striving for perfection because it says be perfect even as I am perfect. I'm striving for it. 
Amen. But I got to get this understanding out here that God is not somebody that beats you up because you miss it. And, and, and we're losing the battle because too many of us believe that. We believe that. And, and we serve a loving God. We serve a God that cares about us. And we are serving a God that is giving us principles to stand on so that we can have a foundation in him so that we are not shaken. Amen. And so he says, you're wise if you follow my word. How do you follow the word? Number one, you have to know his word. Okay. And part of building your solid foundation is first accepting Christ as your personal savior. Once you accept Christ as your personal savior, you should not stay there. You should begin to wonder, well, what does he say? What does he want? What does he do? How does he act? Where does he go? That should be a curiosity that builds up in you. And then you begin to read his word and you begin to learn his principles. And that's the building of your house. Your foundation is on the rock. Your foundation is on Jesus Christ. But you must build a house on the foundation in order to have shelter. So we start building. We start building by getting hooked up with a body of people, a body of believers, where our gifts can be used. We come together. We encourage one another. We come for teaching uh, we come for relationship. We come to lift up one another, encouragement. And so part of building your house is part of you coming and coming into a body and assimilating yourself into the body and beginning to work together with the body. And that starts putting up the framework of your house. Because now you're in a position where you're hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now you're hearing the word. Once you hear the word, you have to take the word to yourself. You can hear the word all day long and not take it to yourself. Take it personally. Take its mind. What is this saying to me? What is it telling me? Once I started reading the Bible that way, I found that I could underline a whole lot of stuff. Because it was speaking directly to me. And so now you start, you, you, you got the frame and now you're starting to put up the drywall and your insulation by praising and worshiping him. You begin to insulate yourself because he inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. And so your life begins to change. And this is the building of your house on a solid rock, the bedrock, Jesus, the foundation of everything. It says, you know, you don't see it. Uh, it I looked it up. It said bedrock is underneath everything that we see at the surface. It is a continuous, complex layer of solid rock that geologists call bedrock. You don't always see it. Once you start building the house, you don't always see the foundation, do you? You're building up around it. You're building up around it. So we have to build up around the foundation of Jesus Christ. We have to build up around it. And sometimes when you're building, you kind of feel like, wow, I don't feel too much like a Christian today, you know. But you're still building. You're still coming. You're still learning. You're still reading. You're still taking the word to yourself. When you take the word to yourself, then you begin to practice the word. And you notice the changes begin to occur in your life. And, 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 they, and they don't come forcing it. They come because you want to. They come because you understand the love of Christ. You understand what's starting to happen in you. And you start thinking, yeah, I don't have to do that. I don't have to cuss. I don't have to be angry. I don't have to have all that in my life. It's not necessary. You know, you start to see and you start to understand that because it comes from, can you connect? You worship, you pray, you learn, you get taught, you take it to yourself. And now you begin to use the principles of the word in your life. And that's how you're building your house. And you begin to build. And as we go and we build and then we begin to share with others, we begin to invite others into our home. 
We begin to teach others. We begin to mentor others. We begin to love others the way that Christ loved them. And this is the building of the house. And so we're building our house on a solid foundation. But in order to build the house on the solid foundation, you must dig deep in Christ. You must dig deep because the ones that are on the sand and when the storm comes, they have no concept of who Jesus truly is. And when you don't have a concept of who Jesus truly is, then you don't know and you begin to get shaky. Okay, I've been shaky in my Christian walk. I was in and then I was out and figured out that out wasn't good and got back in and and tore down all the stuff that I had built up before and began building again. Only this time I began digging deep because as deep down as the foundation needed to go is as high up as I can go. So I wanted a deep foundation. I think we were in L.A. And, and, and uh, we looked and, they, you know, they put a fence around when they're building something. Uh, and, and we were on vacation too and they were building in the middle of, of where we stay at vacation. And, and I looked over and then I was like, dude, that is really deep. Okay. But they're getting ready to put up a skyscraper. You know, I'm looking in L.A. and I'm going, that's really deep. I mean, the big old giant trucks look little down in the hole. But they have to lay a foundation. So dig deep. Take the time to dig deep. Take the time to read, to study, to ask questions, to get with your sister. Say, hey, look, I was reading this. I don't understand this. Can you help me with this? Let's discuss this. Let's talk about this. Ask the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal things to you. Take the time to listen to him. Get quiet and listen. He will speak to you. He speaks to all of us because we are his. And because we are his, the Father sent the Holy Spirit to be a teacher. And so we can be taught by the Holy Spirit. So you have to dig deep. And digging deep sometimes takes a sacrifice. Sometimes you have to, uh, when you were in school, you ever read something, you didn't understand it, and you had to read it like 10 times before you got it, you're like, oh, that's, yeah, same principle. You have to dig deep. So don't forget to dig deep. Get your foundation, and then begin to build. And then I tell you, when the storms come, and they will come, because he didn't promise, like I thought, once upon a time, that all I had to do was get saved and life would be peachy keen. You know, I didn't realize when I got saved I was inducted into an army. Hallelujah. And, and then I was put uh, on the front line of the battlefield. Amen. And so you have to know who you are. You have to know your foundation. You have to build your house. And then when the storm comes, you can run into your house. You can run into your house, and you can best believe that when you walk back outside, there might be rubble all around you, but your house will still be standing. That's your foundation. If we're going to do all things through Christ who strengthens us, we must have a solid foundation. The second thing is keep your eyes on Jesus. We must keep our eyes on Jesus even when we're in the storm. I want you to go to Mark 4.35. They title it, Jesus Calms the Storm. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowd behind, although other boats followed in parentheses there. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping, 
at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Why are you so afraid? Do you still not know? Or do you still have no faith? This blows my mind here. The disciples were absolutely terrified. (laughs) Who is this man? Okay. They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. See, you got to understand, they were already with Jesus. They already seen miracles happen. They already seen all this. They had already experienced this. They had already been through the Beatitudes and the teachings and things. Jesus had already been doing some work with them. They've been with him for a minute. For a minute. And the key to this whole thing is he said, uh, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. That is a definite statement. He didn't say, let's go out in the water and let's try to get to the other side. He said, let's cross and go to the other side of the lake. Now, I know that Jesus had at different times given me a mandate in my life. One of them was my home. By all rights, we should have never got into the home that I got into because we had our own business and you didn't get a house unless you had 35% down and we didn't have 35% down for a house. But I began laying on my face and praying about it and praying about it and praying about it because I felt in my spirit, I felt in me that I had got a word from the Lord that said, I'm going to give you a house. And I believed it. And so I started laboring over it and I started praying over it. And I don't mean like, I gotta get it, gotta get it. I just started praying over it. When I said labor, you have to birth that out from the spiritual realm into the natural. Amen. Amen. And so he gave a mandate. We're going to go over to the other side. Let's cross the lake. Well, of course, when anything like that comes to you, immediately the enemy comes to steal what was sown into you. Yes. Okay. And so now he's got to put fear in you. He's got to get you in that place where you are thinking, where is Jesus? He is asleep on the job. Okay. I know that I'm supposed to be doing this. I know this is where I need to be. I know that I'm, you know, supposed to go to the other side, but, uh, seem like the storm is getting off a big and I feel like I'm about ready to sink. It's getting pretty rough here. I don't see no daylight. Okay. The waves are big. In fact, it's filling my boat and I feel like we're going to be on the bottom of this lake pretty quick here. Have you ever felt like that? You know, and, and, and so you, you start panicking and then you start questioning. Are you here? Is this what you told me to do? Is this right? Should I be? Should I be believing you? Should I put my faith out there? And we forget that even though we are not seeing him to snap his finger and make everything right, that he is still in the situation with us. He st- and he used it at a moment to teach them. In essence, in, uh, really, he's saying, um, you could have said, peace be still. I've been teaching you. I've given authority to you. Where is your faith? You could have handled, th- in other words, you could have handled this situation. And I I say to you, there are times when Jesus will step back 
and he will allow you to go through some things. He will allow you to face some things because in the long run, when you come out of it, you are stronger for it. You have flexed your spiritual muscle. Now you are lifting a weight that's heavier than the first weight that you lifted. You know, when you start first working out, you got the little three pound ones. and You're like, yeah, this is real easy. Yeah. You know, and you start picking up the three pound one for about 30 minutes. And you're like, oh, my arms are going to fall off. Hello. You know, and then he gives you a five pound one. Then he gives you a 10 pound one because he's building up your spiritual strength because you do have an adversary. And the reason we know you have an adversary is because the storm came up. Because obviously they didn't say, look, uh, Jesus, there are like storm clouds over there. And you know, this lake get pretty rough when the storm clouds are around. I think we just better just camp out over here and we'll wait until the storm pass. And then we'll go to the other side and he would rebuke them on the shoreline. So I'm surmising that they pretty had must have had a pretty nice day. Because I ain't so quick to jump on any boat in any water if I see a big storm arising. Are you? I've seen the big waves come in and suck up all your stuff you have laid on the beach and throw it every which way and slide it right back out in the ocean and you don't know where it went. Hello? I'm not going. So they started out. We're going to the other side. And in the journey, the waves came and the wind was boisterous. And they began to take their eyes off of Jesus and they began to put their eyes on the circumstances. And they began to question, are you with me, Lord? I've done that. Are you with me, Lord? Can you hear me? I'm hurting. This is hard. I don't understand. I can't wrap my mind around what's happening. I'm at a loss. Why does it have to hurt like this? Why do I have to go through this? Why does it have to be like this? But I forget that the comforter is ever with me. And so I forget that in the midst of the storm, He's in the boat with me. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. So you must keep your eyes on Jesus. I didn't want to go to the, you know, walking on the water and, and Jesus coming on the water. Because see, you know, you, you, you need to understand that he's with you. He's in the boat with you when the torrents come. He's in the boat with you when the waves are filling your boat and you feel like you're going to sink. He's with you. He's not left you. He's just resting and letting you handle it for a minute. But he'll never let it overtake you and destroy you. Proof being, when they started to panic and they called him and he got up and he said, peace be still. I've had it in the middle of the worst circumstances in my life and I'm crying my eyes out And all of a sudden, the peace of God fills the room, fills the room. And I'm like, okay, (sighs) I can do this. I can do this. And we sail or row over to the other side. You have to know that he is always with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you, no matter how great the storm is, no matter how fool you think your boat is and how deep you are sitting in the water he'll never leave you he'll never forsake you because he loves you with that kind of love and i don't see him getting up and say you're stupid (laughs) where's your faith i don't see him talking to them like that i see the grace and the beauty and the love of christ saying oh where's your faith you could do this 
You can do this. I chose you. You can do this. He chose you. You can do this. You can do this. And then I want to leave you with the, the my last one right now. Um, this one I think is the most, out of all the things that we deal with, I think this is the one that can it can cause you to lose the victory faster than any other one because it's always before you. And if you're not careful, you'll fall into the trap. And I've seen person after person after person fall into this trap, including myself. Okay, and then, and then, and after I fell into it and got the, the trap snapped closed on me, I realized what it was, and I had to use a word to pry it open and get back where I belonged. Amen. And, and I, 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 please hear me on this. Okay, uh, keep your eyes on Jesus, and not on other people. Please keep your eyes on Jesus and not on other people. Um, Matthew 7, 3 says, why worry? No, you know what? Let's go there. Matthew 7, 3, because this is good. I kind of had to chuckle at this a little bit. I had to laugh at myself too. Hello. Um, we have a tendency to idolize people like they're so great, you know, and, and then when they fall, we're crushed. Okay. And, and at that point, you've taken your eyes off of Jesus. That's your first warning in it. Okay. Because they are men with clay feet. Subject to the same things you're subject to. Amen. Not perfect. But striving. Make mistakes. They stumble. And so you, you cannot put somebody so high up there that you don't realize that they are human just like you are. I love Bishop Jakes, but I understand that that man is human just like me. Hallelujah. I appreciate the word he brings, greatly anointed of God, but I understand he is a man, a human being just like me. Amen? Amen. And so, um, excuse me, Matthew 7, 3. He says, um, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can I, I kind of paraphrase? How can you even think, okay, of saying to your friend, "Let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye," when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Now Jesus was pretty tough. He called him a hypocrite. Okay, but we ain't gonna go there right now. I, I want to talk to you because we, it. We are so, so we get to a place sometimes we are so focused on what somebody else is doing that we lose track of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We we start viewing things around us, and and this is was okay. They were they were progressing and getting things and and doing things, and I was serving God and doing my best, and it wasn't happening for me. And I found myself uh, uh, beginning to say, "Well, they do this and they do that, and how come they get everything and I don't? I'm serving you. I don't do that. And I don't do this. And, yeah." And, and, and as soon as that bad boy snapped down on me, I was like, oh, Jesus, forgive me. <laughs> okay. I repent. I repent. Okay. Because I got rebuked big time in my spirit by the Holy Spirit. It says, you stay in the place that I have put you. I have put you in this place. You get in your place and you do what I told you to do. 
because there was a splint, a big log in my eye. And I couldn't see clearly to be talking about what anybody else was doing because I needed to be in my backyard pulling up my own weeds. Come on now. And we are, Christians are notorious for this. Notorious for this. And then what happens is, is you start watching somebody else and then you start comparing yourself to that person. And when you compare yourself to that person, inevitably offense will come in. You'll get offended. And then you'll start going after people. And then you'll get that Pharisee attitude. Like you're holier than everybody. Like you're better than everybody. When I found myself even trying to go that way, I had to look back and I said, Oh Lord, help me. Help me. Because at any moment I know I could fall. I know that there are temptations out there. I know the devil is cunning. I know he's smart. I know he lays low for us. And the moment that we think that we can't fall and we're all that and we got it all worked out and we're so bad and we're so tough, then he pulls one of them things out of his bag that you ain't dealt with before. And you have to say, whoa, Jesus, whoa, Lord. And so we have to be busy about our work, what he has called us to do, where he has told you to be. May not be the same position as somebody else. May not be the same thing as somebody else. You may not get the accolades as somebody else. But see, God knows your personality. He knows who you are. He knows what you're ready for and he knows what you're not ready for. He knows where the grooming needs to take place. He knows you. And I'm not saying that, that because also the word says to, to aspire for the higher gift. And I'm not saying that, that we don't, we don't desire the gift. We don't desire Okay, because in desiring a position, you're desiring servanthood. Because that's what a position is in the church. The highest service, okay. As pastors, our service area is the fact that we have got to get on our face. We have got to get in this word. And we better be doggone sure that we know what we're talking about when we walk up in here. Because we have to answer to God. That takes time. That takes effort. That's where we serve. Some may serve in ushering. Some may serve in working with the children. Some may serve behind the scenes, writing letters and doing the books. All of that is servanthood. All of that is doing what you are supposed to be doing because God has called you to do that in that position for this time. And so you cannot sit and look at that other person and say, well, I could do that better. I need to be doing that, you know, or you're looking at a person and they have a certain proclivity that they have not gotten past. They have a sin in their life and you know, the sin is in their life and you're looking at their little sin, you know, and you're blowing it up all out of proportion and you're not dealing with the areas of sin in your life and the areas that still need cleaning up in your life. The ones that are not so visible like jealousy and envy and strife. And we're not dealing with those. And so let's go to John 21. And I like this kind of like the last statement that's made in this particular book. So it must have some significance to it. Amen. All right. Are you ready for this one? Okay. 
I'm going to start at 18. I tell you the truth. When you were young, he's talking to Peter. This is just before he says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do, Lord. Feed my lambs, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Yeah? Okay. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you like. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Okay. And so Peter turns around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one whom leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, but what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. I think sometimes if we told people that in the church, they would get mad and walk out of here in a big huff. Okay, be, they would be mad, okay, and talk about you bad, spread bad rumors about you, okay. If you told people what Jesus told Peter in the word of God, okay, in the, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm talking the word, I ain't talking me. If we told people that, that came up and were so busy about looking at somebody else's wrongdoings and what they're not doing and what they should be doing and all that stuff, if we told them that, they would get mad at us and walk out this church. Get mad. Get upset. They can't handle the word of God. This is part of your foundation. We're talking about a foundation today. We're talking about keeping our eyes on Jesus. We're talking about not being moved. We're talking about when the storm comes that you got to be ready. And we are talking about keep your eyes on Jesus and not other people because that is the quickest way you will get offended. That is the quickest way you will stumble and fall. And that is the quickest way you will get in trouble. You have got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have got to know what position he has given you, what he has told you to do and do it and not be worried about what somebody else is getting or you're not getting. Okay. And the other part of this is that wasn't too much a pleasant of a statement to be told to Peter. I'm like, dude, I ain't too happy about that because you're not telling me I'm going to be, you know, have a good life and live well and I'm going to die a ripe old age. He's telling him you are going to be led to places you don't want to go. It is not going to be good for you. And how is it when you feel like it ain't too good for me right now, but it's mighty good for them? And we start copping an attitude and asking God, what's up with that? And he's telling you, follow me. Simply follow me. Me, get your eyes off of that and deal with your stuff and follow me. I will lead you through it all. I will lead you through. Not them, not their opinion. Because if you move from God's opinion and what God is saying to man's opinion and what they are saying, then you have lost the victory right there. You've lost the victory. So in this walk that we are dealing with right now, in this place that we are at, in the building of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, in the place of miracles, that we will see miracles, that we are believing God and positioning ourselves for miracles, keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Keep your eyes on the one that performs the miracle, that gives the power to lay down his life and you to lay down your life for another. And he gives the power for you to pray for someone and see them healed and see them delivered. He gives the power. Another man or another woman does not do that. He does. And so if we follow him, if we set our face like flint and we don't look to the left or to the right, that was he's talking about. You look over here, you get distracted by what they're doing. You look over here, you get distracted by what they're doing. Do what he told you to do and stay the course and stop being all up in somebody else's Kool-Aid. Drink out of your own cup. Yes, we correct sin. Hear me now. But if you are correcting sin with a haughty attitude, then you need to leave it alone. Because you ought to care about the person that you're dealing with and not front them off, not expose them, not place yourself higher than them, but find the place of coming alongside and walking with the person and walking them out of that place of sin. And walking them out. You cannot walk anybody out of a place of sin. If you are looking for position. If you're looking to be all that. If you got an I'm better than you attitude. You cannot do it. Because your motives are all wrong. It is by love. That sin is released. It is by love. That sin is released. It is about understanding how much Jesus loves us. That we can release these things. That sometimes it takes time. But in the meantime, keep your mouth off of them. Because I, I am a person that will go before the Lord and say, Lord, search my heart. That you not find any root of bitterness in me. Search me, Lord. Search me. I'm telling you, search me, Lord. When you start asking God to search you, he might show you some ugly stuff, but he's showing it to you for a purpose because he wants to root that out of you so that you will be one that he can use for restoration, one that you can come along somebody and you can help them build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So if we are going to do all things through Christ who strengthens us this year, we must know and we must keep our eyes and we must build our house on a solid foundation. We must keep our eyes on Jesus even when we're in the storm, knowing that he's in the boat with us. Amen. And we must keep our eyes on Jesus and not on other people. You'll lose the battle if you do. Amen. I love you guys. Amen. Father, I pray I ask you to seal this word to to our hearts, Lord. Um, seal this to us, Jesus. We are some in the laying the foundation part. We are some in the, the building part, Lord. We are some in the tearing down and building again part, Lord. We are are, are some in the boat, Father, and the waves are, are great and, and seems like we're sinking and we are some that have taken our eyes off of you and allowed offense to come in on us because of what we see and what we perceive and not knowing the fullness of what you're doing. And Father, help us to focus in on you. 
Help us to build on you. Help us to trust in you and help us to grow, Father, that we could help others with a love that is tended and tended by you, Father, and that grows from you in us, through us, to others, Lord. And Father, I ask you to use every woman in this place, Lord. Each one is precious and has gifts within them, Father. And I thank you, Lord. I pray patience on them, Lord, that they can wait for you to open the door, that we don't have to kick open doors, Lord, but that you are working on our behalf, Father, that you are positioning us and you are placing us and you are helping us and you are growing us. And we shall stand as handmaidens, Lord, ready to move and do whatever you ask us to do because our eyes are focused on you, Jesus. Our eyes are on you. And so, Father, I thank you that as we keep our eyes on you, we shall do the impossible, oh God. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. Amen. I think they have refreshments outside for you. And I pray that you'll just take this and you wrote down the scriptures and you'll just kind of read over them and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Amen. Amen. Amen.